0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to an episode of the Strange Matters podcast. Here at Strange Matters, we discuss everything that is bizarre, mysterious, and unexplained. I'm Sean, and I will be the host for this episode. In this episode, I will be presenting a number of legendary monsters found in various cultures and folklore from around the world. Some of these monsters date back hundreds of years, while others have more recent origins. In this episode, I'll be talking about the history and legacy behind these monsters, as well as some of their cultural impact on the locals. As Strange Matters has listeners all over the world, we have received requests to look at different monsters and cryptids from each listener's particular neck of the woods. So for other listeners, if you have a favorite mythical monster, legendary creature, or interest in cryptid that comes from your home country or region, send it into the podcast, and it could make it into the next Legendary Monsters episode. A reminder that Strange Matters is made possible by our generous supporters over at Patreon, on Patreon, listeners can pledge a small monthly donation, and in exchange, can gain access to monthly exclusive bonus episodes and help decide what topics for the podcast to cover. Patrons will also be receiving some free merchandise samples, so for all patrons listening, make sure to add your shipping address on your profile for the page, or just send it in in an email or message. For this episode, i especially like to thank our new supporters, Julia, Lance, and Sam. If any of the listeners are interested in becoming a patron, please visit our page at patreon.com slash strangematters. And now, onto the episode. The first legendary monster I will be discussing hails from the Philippines, and it is known as the Aswang. The Aswang is a shapeshifting creature that is found in Filipino folklore. The Aswang has been a popular mythical being found in many different Filipino stories dating back for centuries. This creature has gone by numerous different names, such as the Ba-Bal, tic and Bayot. Since it is a shapeshifter, its exact descriptions varies depending on the story behind it, and it sometimes possesses the characteristics of other well-known monsters, such as vampires, ghouls, werewolves, and witches. Though the description may vary, there are a few common characteristics found throughout most tellings of the Aswang. Many stories describe the Aswang as normal, everyday people during the daytime. These people are usually extremely reserved, shy, and elusive. However, when night comes, the Aswang can then transform itself into a wide range of animals or beasts, such as bats, crows, big black dogs, or even other more mythical-style beasts. It is said that the Aswang can only transform at night, because that is when it thinks that God is sleeping. Both the human and transformed version of the Aswang has bloodshot eyes, caused by exhaustion and sleep deprivation, all coming from the creature's desire to stay up all night searching for victims. Once transformed, the Aswang are violent, bloodthirsty creatures. The young and the unborn are their main targets for sustenance, as Aswangs delight in trapping and killing lone children caught out at night. Other times, they will attack pregnant women, ripping into them and devouring the unborn fetus. Sometimes the Aswang will use a sneakier method, transforming into a creature with a feeding proboscis like appendage, and will creep into a pregnant woman's bedroom at night to suck the children out of their womb. The Aswong also has a cruel way of impacting its victim's family. After killing and most likely eating an innocent person, It will use its unnatural powers to create a perfect doppelganger of them made out of plants and tree trunks. This exact replica of the victim will return home to their family as if nothing was amiss, only for this replica to immediately get sick and die just days afterwards. In this way, the Aswang not only causes terror and pain into its victims, but brings heartache and sadness to their families after. Aswang are described as very fast and nearly silent though there are a few exceptions. The tick tick variation of the Aswang has a creepy and interesting way of terrorizing its victims. The name of this creature comes from the tick tick sound it makes when it runs. Anyone unfortunate enough to be caught by one of these out in the open at night will start to hear its signature ticking sound as it begins closing in. However, what sets this creature apart from any others is that the sound it makes gets softer and quieter as it approaches. In this way, someone hearing the dreaded tick-tick sound has no idea if the beast is running in the opposite direction or if it's only moments away from its attack. Along with the Aswang and its variants, there's a similar Filipino legendary creature known as the Mananangol. The Mananangol is a grotesque female monster that is similar to a human and vampire bat hybrid. The Mananangol, which translates as remover, or specifically to this creature, one who separates itself, has a creepy and disgusting method of attacking its victims. As with the Aswang, it only shows its true self at night, but it behaves a little differently. Once night comes along for the Mananangol, its upper torso will literally rip itself away from its legs. From the back of the creature, giant bat-like wings will sprout, and it will go flying off into the dark. The manananggal has a very long, proboscis-like tongue, and also has a habit of attacking sleeping pregnant women, feeding on the fetus inside of them. Other times, it will simply suck the blood from a sleeping person instead. As with the aswong, in the daytime, the manananggal looks like a pretty normal person, specifically mostly taking the form of a beautiful older woman. While the Azwang are scary and deadly creatures, they also have a sense of loyalty and community. When not transformed during the day, they look and act just like every other human around them for the most part. While often secluded, they can interact with and form relationships with those around them. For the humans that they care about, the Azuang will never harm or target them as a victim, It is said that the friends and neighbors of an Aswang are the only ones safe from its hunger. There is even an old Filipino saying that describes this somewhat noble aspect of the creature, which goes, an Aswang is better than a thief. Since it will not harm those around them or people it cares for, the Aswang will often search for victims far away from its home, both so it won't target a friendly person, and also so it doesn't bring attention to its actual community that it lives in. The Aswang must make special care to not alert anyone of its presence. While at night they are violent terrors that are a match even for large groups of people, during the day they are the same as everyone else, lacking their intense strength and speed that comes from their nighttime transformations. There are several ways to detect Aswang and their human forms. It is said that the most definitive way of finding the truth about the creature is to confront its human form and look directly into its eyes. If it is indeed the evil spirit creature, then your reflection will appear upside down in their pupils. Another method, which is slightly less dramatic, but possesses a more physical flair, is to bend over and look at a person upside down between your legs. If their physical appearance changes when viewing them upside down in this manner, then they are an Aswang. While just about every aspect of this creature is creepy and disturbing, the mental image of specialized Aswang hunters waddling around town, bent over looking between their legs for the creature, is pretty amusing. There's also a specialized oil made by arbalarians or witch doctors, which will begin to boil when an Aswang is in the near vicinity. Regardless of how it's detected in its human form, when an Aswang is narrowed down and identified, The community will gather around and accost it during the day. The Aswang is then quickly executed when it is helpless. Aswang can be killed at night in their transformed state, though it is much more difficult and requires specialized tools and artifacts. Much like the vampire, the Aswang can be repelled with the use of heavy doses of garlic and salt. They can also be kept at bay or killed with religious artifacts used as weapons, such as holy water or crucifix. Aswang are also scared by the sound of whips, and they can be killed with a special whip made entirely of stingray tails. As with many other monsters, and just living creatures in general, decapitation is also an effective method of bringing about death. As for the origins of the Aswang, it has been theorized that the shape-shifting vampire-like monsters came about because of Spanish colonization. Women played a large part in pre-colonization Filipino culture, as they took on the role of healers, warriors, and merchants. The early Spanish missionaries and friars claimed that the native priestesses and shamans were instead evil witches to discredit them. In fact, the characteristics of being able to shapeshift, fly, feast on children, drink blood, and operate solely at night is very similar to the early spaniard versions of witches more support for this idea of a spanish influence can be seen where the myth of the aswang can mostly be found in the christian communities of the philippine lowlands the people who were first converted by the spanish centuries ago however there are also some big differences between spanish witches and the aswang mostly being that spanish witches took on the form of ugly old hags during the day and they could only fly with the use of a magic broomstick. With some of these key differences, others believe the myth of the Aswang predated the Spanish colonization and is actually influenced by similar legends coming from Southeast Asia. One creature specifically that is very similar to the Aswang and the Mananagol is the Penangalon, a mythical creature from Malaysia. The Penangalon is a female monster that also has a human form and a monster transformation. The Penangalon has the ability to have its head separate from its body and fly off into the night. As the head flies, its lungs, entrails, and its stomach all dangle below it, supposedly twinkling like fireflies in the night. Just as with the other monsters mentioned, the Penangalon's favorite victim are women who are giving birth or solitary young children found wandering about at night. Since there are so many similarities between the Malaysian Penanggalan and its Filipino counterparts, the Mananagul and the Aswang, it is likely that these two cultures directly influenced each other centuries back and created their own versions of shapeshifting vampire-like monsters that terrorize people in the night. The legend of the Aswang and its similar counterparts continue to thrive in the Philippines and elsewhere and have been featured in numerous movies and TV shows even in the modern day, making it one monster that's not going away anytime soon. The next legendary monster I will be talking about comes from Malaysia, but it is quite different than the Penangalan creature I have talked about. This next featured creature will be the supernatural being known as Orang Minyak, also known as the Oily Man. The Orangminyak takes the form of a naked human man, and as such its description varies from different stories. Sometimes it is tall and skinny, other times short and fat. What is always featured as its most signature physical description, though, is hinted at by its name. The body of the Orangminyak is completely covered in a pitch-black oil. This oil is secreted from the skin of the Orangminyak itself, and it cakes every inch of it. While it is said to be slippery to the touch, this oil will not leave the skin of the creature, and as such, it will not leave behind any oily footprints or handprints to mark where it has been. While the Filipino Aswang and Malaysian penanggalan were driven by hunger, the Arangminyak is driven by an insatiable lust. This creature will creep along at night in a never-ending quest to satisfy its libido, specifically attempting to target female virgins that it comes across. There are two different origin tales of how men can be turned into an maniac. The first origin story comes from frustrated and lustful young men who cannot win over the heart of their one true love. In desperation, they are willing to enter into an unholy agreement with evil forces to gain dark powers that will supposedly give them the ability to finally win over that special someone. The other version is more involuntary, and comes about when an evil witch-doctor casts a spell over an innocent man and turns them into an orang Regardless of how the creature is formed, the aftermath is deeply disturbing and upsetting. In order to fulfill its obligations as an orang and hope to return to a normal human being, or finally be granted access to the powers of the dark arts, the Irangminyak must hunt down and sexually assault 21 virgins within one week. Because it is either driven by a lust for sex and power, or compelled by possessive evil shamans controlling it, the Irangminyak carries out its attacks with no hesitation or regret, and it will have no other focus or desire until it has completed its terrifying mission. Depending on the version of the story being told, the orangman has a few abilities that set itself apart from that of the normal man. Some of the more physical traits, of course, is the ability to secrete oil through the skin until it is completely covered. It is also said to be much faster and stronger than the average man and can use its sticky oil to cling and climb its way up practically any surface. On a more supernatural level, the iranmenyak can sometimes induce paralysis on its victims, making escape, or a chance to fight back, virtually impossible. Along with this, this evil being can cause its victims' voices to become completely muted, so even if they scream, not a sound is made. Perhaps its most disturbing ability is that some legends say only female virgins can even see the Magnac at night at all. In this way, even if they try to ask for help in escaping or fighting off the creature, no one else nearby could even see this evil creature in the first place, leaving the victim helpless and alone. One method to keep the orangmaniac at bay that women have come up with is to leave a pile or barrier of unwashed men's clothing around their bed at night. Some have actually worn men's clothing to sleep. In this fashion, these women are able to trick the monster into thinking that there is a man in the bed or at the very least, give it the scent of a man in the bedroom, so it will think that the woman inside is not a virgin. A melee spirit medium, known as a Boma, may also be hired to prevent any attacks from the evil, spirited monster. The orang is fortunately very vulnerable in the daytime, as it loses its supernatural powers over its victims, and it cannot leave its residence while the sun is out. This way, if a creature is tracked down to its lair, it can be surrounded and hunted down since it cannot escape outside. During the nighttime, any encounter or effort to combat the orangutan is made much more difficult due to being covered completely in oil. It can easily slip out of any grappling or wrestling attempts made against it, and it can also easily slide out of any restraining devices when caught out at night or in the middle of one of its attacks the supernatural being will almost always seek just to escape rather than fight back. While the Uraangmenyak is mostly considered to just be a myth by most people in the world, in Malaysia it still continues as a scary legend to this day, and people still claim to see them from time to time. Near the end of 2011, multiple reports were made by people in the Kampong district of seeing a man covered in a black substance. This incident, which took place over the Christmas holidays, was reported in a Malaysian newspaper, and it included several eyewitness accounts that took place over several days of sightings. One witness claimed that they saw it, saying it was crawling up the stairs of the house, just like Spider-Man. When it reached the top, it suddenly jumped onto the roof. I don't think a human could do that. It then just disappeared. We can laugh and joke about it, but this is serious. All the families here have young girls. Several years before this, another incident took place of a serial rapist that attacked multiple people, armed with a knife and also completely covered in oil. Over the history of the region, it seems that there have been several attacks carried out by people, perfectly fitting the description of the orang maniac. though most would consider these just to be normal men, who were either influenced or inspired by the legend, or perhaps using the well-known story of the monster to their advantage to scare their victims. While the legend of the Urangmenyak is considered a myth, in some places the threat of it is considered very real to the point where neighborhood watch-style gangs roam the streets at night, armed with machetes and making sure no women are attacked by the dreaded oily man. In the 1960s and 70s, during a time period where there were many rapes that were being blamed on the Urangmenyak and there was a tension of fear in the area, Women in college dormitories would wear used and sweaty men's clothing when they had to venture out at night, to give any nearby lurking, oily monsters the impression that they have just been with a man and would not make for suitable targets. To the present day, the legend of the Orangmenyak lingers in Malaysia. There are conflicted ideas on whether the monster is a supernatural myth, a real-life cryptid-like being, or just a disturbing legend that attaches itself to actual crime atrocities that took place. Whatever it is, the Orangminyak certainly makes for one of the most disturbing monsters around. The next monster I will be discussing comes from Zanzibar, off the East African coast. This creature is known as the Popobawa, and is an evil spirit monster that is known to attack men, women, and children. The Popobawa, which translates to mean batwing, is another shapeshifter and can transform between a human form and an animal form, mostly a bat as its name suggests. It is said that the approach of the Popobawa is preceded by a horrible stench. It has a supernatural ability to create splits in walls and forcibly open doors to find its victims in a way that cannot be noticed again once it has left. The Popobawa exclusively targets sleeping people and will either physically attack them or sexually assault people. Similar to the Orangmanyak, it has powers focused on subduing its victims and escaping easily, as it is able to keep whoever it is attacking deeply asleep the whole time. And if anyone is awake at night, they will not be able to see the Popobawa if it is in its transformed, non-human state. The Popobawa is said to enjoy spreading fear and getting its name out in the community. If anyone is attacked by the monster, they must tell their neighbors and family members. If they keep it a secret, then the Popobawa will continue to return. Also, if anyone publicly denies the existence of the monster, it will personally seek them out and assault them. A typical assault from the monster involves someone waking up in the night to find themselves being attacked by the shape-shifting intruder while in their bed. The assault is often described as pressing or crushing their chest and ribs, to the point where the victims are nearly suffocated and have great difficulty in breathing, occasionally passing out. Other unusual events might precede or accompany or perhaps replace this standard experience, including strange sights, sounds, smells, and other sensations. Generally, all the victims experience extreme terror and are often frozen speechless when they are assaulted. The legend of the Popobawa is a rather recent one compared to many other monsters as sightings and stories of the creature only goes back as far as the 1960s. Supposed sightings and encounters with the Popobawas at night occurred throughout the 70s and 80s, but the panic and hysteria reached its climax in the year 1995. In what was later called an extraordinary collective panic, stories and fear of the Popobawa spread across the country. In 1995, hundreds of reports came from men, women, and children they were all being attacked by this shape-shifting spirit. As people all across the region were scared to even go to sleep in their own homes, many communities resorted to spending their nights huddled together around fires out in the open, with some people sleeping while the others took turns guarding their neighbors against the monster. As the fears against this creature reached its maximum level of panic, people caught out at night who were suspected of being a Popobawa were chased down and beaten. On April 3rd of 1995, a visitor from the Tanzanian mainland came to a small Zanzibar town. He was spotted at night on a street corner by someone who thought he was beginning to undress. Another man who supposedly had magic powers that let him see Popobawas claimed that the stranger was one of the evil monsters. As soon as a group of scared townspeople heard this, they formed a raging mob and chased the man through the streets before eventually running him down and beating him with sticks and machetes, in an act that would ultimately kill him. Later, his body was taken to a nearby hospital morgue, and news spread across the town that the Popobawa has been killed. By morning, a large group of people formed outside the hospital where the corpse had been taken, to celebrate the death of the spirit monster, and to hopefully get a glimpse of the body. Reporters talked to people who were amongst the crowd, and most were overly happy and relieved that the Bawa was dead. Unfortunately, the celebration was short-lived. It was soon determined that it was not in fact the Popobawa that was murdered, but a mental patient who had come from the mainland to Zanzibar to seek treatment. The next night, an old and respected member of the community heard his wife shouting for help in his house. When he entered the room where the shouts were coming from, he saw a nearly naked man trying to assault his wife, Both of their shouts alerted the neighborhood, but by the time others came, this new Popobawa had climbed onto the roof and disappeared. The day after the murder of an innocent man, the death of Popobawa was forgotten, and the mass hysteria once again continued to sweep the region. A month after the mainlander was killed, a second person was murdered after they were also mistaken for the feared Popobawa. Over the years, several other killings would be attributed to those thinking they were being attacked by the shape-shifting monster. After the frenzy of hysteria that occurred in the spring of 1995, talks and attacks from the Popobawa seemed to dwindle, and then nearly disappear entirely for years. However, several smaller cycles of fear once again occurred in Zanzibar in 2000 and 2007. In 2007, after multiple men had apparently been sexually assaulted at night by the creature, Once again, people took to sleeping in large groups outside their homes. Pig oil was spread around and given to men to spread across themselves before they went to sleep, as it was said it would ward off any attacks of the bat demon. Though not as common or as sensational as it once was, the story and fear of the Popobawa is still experienced in Zanzibar. Some people who have either been attacked themselves or have seen others attacked claim that the Popobawa is very real and that it can take different physical forms. One explanation for the creature that has been theorized is that attacks from a Popobawa are similar to the terrors of a waking dream, also known as a sleep paralysis hallucination. People who have experienced this phenomenon describe it as a feeling of being weighed down or even paralyzed. Sometimes people will see some type of being or entity above them when they experience this. This couples with the great stress caused by the intense fear in a clear case of mass hysteria, and this could be the most logical explanation behind the Popobawa attacks. However, others have refuted this and claimed that those who were attacked had clear physical marks on them from the assault, and some even had to be treated by hospitals to heal their wounds, something that wouldn't be necessary if it was all in a person's head. Whatever the case, the legend of the shape-shifting batwing monster, Popobawa, has caused a panic unlike most other legendary monsters, and it has even caused a few deaths, and, ultimately, it has terrorized the people of Zanzibar for decades. The next and final legendary monster to be discussed in this episode is the Grootslang from South Africa. The Grootslang is an ancient, legendary creature that is said to live in a deep cave in the Richtersfeld region in South Africa's northern Cape province. The Grootslang is a massive, primordial monster that is as old as the Earth itself. It has the appearance of a hybrid between a giant snake and an elephant. The name Grootslang itself means big snake in Dutch and Afrikaans. The Grootslang is covered in thick black skin and is said to be from 30 to 60 feet in length, larger than a hippo or elephant. As the legend goes, at the formation of the Earth, the gods were busy creating the different animals to populate it. As the inexperienced gods began to form new animals, they created the Grootslang. This creature had massive size, tremendous strength, but also a keen intellect and a sneaky nature. Realizing that they had made a mistake with this terrorizing beast that would be too powerful to be allowed to roam the Earth, the gods decided to kill all the Grootslangs, and to split them in half, to form two new and separate animals, which would later become the first elephants and snakes. However, being the smart and sly beasts that they were, one or two of the Groot managed to escape from the gods' attention and avoided the slaughter. The Groot then made its way to a vast and secretive cave in the Richtersveld. This cave is nicknamed the Bottomless Pit, and it is said to have a vast underground network of tunnels that even reaches the sea. The Groot is so strong and deadly that it can even kill and devour elephants with ease or any other animal that wanders near its cave. It is said to be very fond of gems and diamonds, and collects them in its deep underground cavern. While the creature will and can kill humans without much effort or thought, it is said that the only way to escape the creature is by dropping behind precious gems. However, since the average person walking around the Richtersfeld Plains doesn't have a pocketful of diamonds, the mortality rate of surviving an encounter with this huge serpent-like beast is not very good. The legend of the Slang dates back centuries, and old cave paintings of huge horned serpents have been found in numerous caves on the Cathedral Peak Mountain, in the Brockfontein Cave, and the Cave of the Great Black Serpent, among many others. There have been several notable sightings of creatures that are reported to have been Slangs over the years. In 1899, a merchant named J. A. Kinnear was crossing the Orange River near Uppington, when a monstrous-sized serpent rose its head 10 feet out of the water. Neither Kinnear or any others with him had seen such a sight before, and the serpent looked much larger than any other they had ever seen. Several decades before that, a man named Hans Sauer also claimed to have seen a gargantuan black snake in the Orange River. In 1910 and 1920, there were two more sightings of a fearsome, large-looking snake-like creature. Perhaps the most infamous event occurred in 1917, when English businessman Peter Grayson traveled with a group into the Richtersfeld looking for treasure, reportedly seeking the mythical cave of gems somewhere in the region. However, the group was surprised by a lion attack, and several were injured. While the remaining group volunteered to take the hurt people to safety, Peter wandered off on his own afterwards, still in search of the treasure, and was never seen again. Local legends state that he became a victim of the Groot Slang, perhaps entering its cave in search of the vast treasure within, without knowing what dangers lurked inside. Even more sightings were seen as late as the 1960s, when several South African newspapers ran a series of witness accounts of seeing strange water monsters. In a similar way to how people have attributed unknown giant footprints to that of Bigfoot or Yetis three-foot-wide tracks found on the muddy banks along rivers are said to belong to the slithering, mysterious South African monster. Though most of the reports and accounts of these water monsters' sightings have been attributed to the Groot Slang, coming from people who claim that they were seeing something unique and different from normal wildlife, there of course have been plenty of skeptics who have come up with differing explanations. The common belief is that all these people are actually seeing a known species of animal but are mistaking it for something else. One possible idea is that they are seeing the African rock python, which can reach a length of 20 feet and weigh up to 200 pounds. They are considered far more heavily built than other giant snakes, such as the Burmese python. Dr. Gunter Beck, a wildlife official in the Richtersfeld region, said about these large pythons, seen up close, one of these monsters would be sufficiently alarming to make exaggerations understandable. One issue with the rock python though, is that generally they are a tan or light-brown color, and not the black color of the water monsters that show up in the majority of the reports about the legendary beast. There's another explanation that includes the water monitor, Africa's largest lizard, which is black in color and has very large jaws, but it does lack the overall giant size of the reported monster. While some remain skeptical of the idea of the Groot Sling, there are many in the area who still talk about the legend. Local natives insist that the monster is real, a creature that guards the Diamond Cavern. For these natives, the Groot Slang was belched up from the depths of hell itself to serve its purpose of protecting the treasure of the Richtersfeld. Now with that, we'll wrap up this episode discussing several legendary monsters from around the world. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Strange Matters Podcast. If you have any feedback on this episode, please feel free to contact the podcast. Whether you'd like to state which of the monsters are the scariest to you, or if you'd like to let me know what legendary monsters live near your home to perhaps make it onto a future episode, you can reach the podcast at our email, podcast at gmail.com. And you can also message us at our social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Finally, ask if you are listening to the show on iTunes please take the time to leave a rating and a review, as the feedback is always welcome and also helps promote the podcast so we can always reach new listeners. So until the next episode of the Strange Matters podcast, take care, everybody.